Do you have a call to Grail? It's called to be Sports Line on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome once again to the Sports Line Show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio on the 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM and on the tuning app in association with Jack Credit Union. And on today's show, it's hurling, and first of all, I'm joined as always by co presenter Pat McNamara. We have special guests in the studio of Harry McMahon, Pat Maroney, and Brenda Maloney. They're, going to, they're celebrating this weekend the winning of the Intermediate Championship no less than 50 years ago. First of all, Pat and Harry, last weekend, the dream final, Pat, didn't appear, didn't happen. We were hoping it was going to be Scarif and Fiekel. Yeah. And then hopefully, we're hoping to have at least one. Unfortunately, we have to wait another 12 months. I suppose most holding followers were, were, were hoping and praying for a Fiekel Scarif final. And apart from the rivalry and the funnage would be for the, maybe for the neutral parishes around them, um, I think it would have been a great game, a great occasion, and East Clare needs to be lifted up. We're sick of looking at, you know, we're sick of looking at maybe, maybe, well, Clarecastle have had bad days, the bridge, and maybe, you know, Aina Kildamonas and Jordan Kilmelis and Bellier's, of course. Uh, Champions Cup to meet Clare at a different grade. So it would have been great. It was a great for them to reach the, the semi finals, in fairness. Scarif, I thought, inexperienced caught them on, on Saturday. I thought, I thought, Cor- or, uh, Cor- or, um, Crusheen were extremely sharp. Played really good quality hurling, I thought, but it was a very open game. And Scarif probably failed maybe to get Mark Rogers into the game as they would have liked. But uh, I think inexperience is a big thing there. Fiekel Clonlara, again, we kind of feared that Clonlara were, were, were decent uh, and a good side with the players they have, and they proved that. Fiekel, as Harry said off air, they're a bit disappointed, but not, not enough guys got into the game. That happens in semi finals. Uh, Fiekel have a fantastic record in the championship, you know. Uh, we keep saying they have a small panel a small peak but yet they, they, they prove them year after year to be up there with the top teams in Clare and just take that extra step so they'll be disappointed and I think um, the dream file wasn't to be uh, and it's, it just proves again how hard it is for the teams out in East Clare current times population wise and having resources etc to match the big teams so um, fell short but look at fair play to them they got there and uh, many other clubs would love to be there and didn't get that far but as it wasn't to be Harry, it wasn't to be, you know, in a semi-final, it is the worst place to lose, there's no doubt. It's, mm-hmm. Semi-finals are about just getting over the line, and when you get there, you want to perform. And I think maybe looking back in hindsight, both Scarif and Fiekel will be disappointed with the way they played in the semi-final, given how well they played in the championship to, up to that. Well, I suppose, first of all, it, look, it was great to get there, and it was great to see Fiekel and Scarif there. But we still, both teams, and they know it, they have a lot to learn, you know, Crusheen have been there before. Tornera have been there before. They got to finals. You know, they've got to a few finals since 2008 when they last won it, Tornera. But teams still have a lot to learn. But to me, what's brilliant about Fiekel and Scarif, and I don't, I'd love all Claire to hear this, they're small clubs. They don't have anyone from outside. They, they deal with what they have. Uh, they're both, they're at underage, they're assisted by o- o- other clubs. Kinena and Ogunlo, and um, but they're bringing their young lads through, and that's what it's all about. It to be brilliant to get Fiekel and Scarab back in there again, and I don't see any reason why no, it, exactly. it shouldn't happen if the players can stick together. You learn you every year you play, you should bank what you learn, and move on if it doesn't work out, and be ready then next year again. You have to work for us hard. The, the the fairness now to, uh, I know it from my own club. The players like are. Like ultra dedicated uh, county players, like the, the the food, the grub, everything, the gym, 
Now, I know, I suppose it didn't work like Weezy worked in, in, in the land back in the day. We didn't need any gyms. But those players are fierce, dedicated. And you have to be at senior level because you will get nowhere. And we, we could also look at the games and say there weren't great games. That were this and, that. and they are back from maybe the Tipperaries and the Galways. But by God, there's still an awful lot of work goes in to getting a team to the semi-final. And it wasn't, I mean, both teams weren't, uh, they didn't, there was no luck. Both teams deserved to get to the semi-final. You know, they just needed maybe a year or two more experience and maybe an extra player or two on both of them, on both sides. You know, you need the extra subs, man, to come in and change the game, basically, and get a grip of the game. You know, we don't we don't quite have that in Fiegel yet. We might have next year, you know, with a couple of nice young lads coming up. Sorry, Pat. And one thing <coughs> I would notice from watching the game in Fiegel, <coughs> between Tonara and Fiegel, I thought Tonara were slicker, they were faster to the ball, and I just have the feeling that East Clare teams are at a distinct disadvantage by not playing in underage A competitions. And in fairness, they're not good enough to play in those competitions because having the numbers, having the players. But you could see it certainly in Fiekel's game at the weekend. Ha- playing in minor B with Kilinina and some underage competitions, it's, it's rarely they'd be A competition, I think. It's usually B or C, isn't that yeah. correct, Terry? Well, and I think, uh, well, I think that shows. Yeah, they're I think in the minor a couple of years ago. Yeah. But some of these players are coming through, and, yeah. but you yeah. need more. You need more. Well, just an interesting uh, stat about that. I was involved when Fiegel Kinnane got involved first uh, into the year 2000. And it took us from 2000 to 2014 to get to an A-final, right? But it took us until 2017 to win an A-final. And we won two of them that year. And that's that's the bulk of the team that we have now, you know. But you're right, Pat. You're 100% right. You have to have players playing as nearly an A competition or very nearly winning it to, to, to try and achieve a twin senior title. Pet, what do you mean? Uh, we're, we're not playing with the, the teams. We're not playing with other teams that have lads coming from all over the place. Yeah, Pat, advice all right. You know, you have to be playing at the top level, and it's great credit due to them that they're able to even get to, to semi-finals in that. You know, Scarif, as yeah. Perry says, your gun law and Kinnina have been brilliant. You know, to, to help both both help both both teams and it has worked both both ways. But the only way you will improve is by going back there again. And Harry's right. The aim has to be to get back there again next year. As he said, the Clan and the Crusheens, they're well used to. And even playing in Cusick Park is new for even the teams out this way. Yeah. You know, you're not in there that often. It's their second home, you know. Yeah, so, that's true. And again, the one thing that's coming through this key is experience. You cannot buy that. You can't buy experience, first of all. We'll go back to the, the A and the thing. I mean, the first thing, is it's a numbers game, really, in many, many ways. And... You see a lot of those top teams in Clare have second under 14 teams playing in C, second under 16 teams maybe, and second minor teams, whatever. You know, Kalina and Fiegel playing together have barely, that, okay, they have the 15 and has a few subs, but they would, the, the subs are going down into underage. Not, you, the, the numbers just are not there. Yeah. It's except you will get a team occasionally that, you know, overcomes all of that because they're exceptional individuals and they gel as a team, good management. But more often than not, if you're a betting man, you have to bet on the team with the lads with 25 or 6 on their panel under age coming up along regularly in A finals or semi finals or even quarter finals or whatever but playing top level. We booked the trend as you say Harry with a, with a couple of A victories including 21 or yeah, under 21 it was still that time a few years ago and uh, a very good under 14 A team there a couple of times as well the same year wasn't it? Mm. And uh, But that was booking the trend I suppose and I know from a Kalina point of view there's a couple of those I'd say not playing now uh, we seem to lose players on a regular basis. But look, when you get to a semi-final of a championship in any level, 
it, it takes a few different things. And you need a bit of look, but as well as Harry said, you need to have learned from previously and a bit of cleverness. And I suppose you just need that bit of doggedness as well. And, uh, you know, the question is, if they learn from this year and can they come back again next year, that's the test. That's the question. And that's the, that's most, of all, most of all, you've got to take your chances. And Fiedl particularly had glorious chances in the first half and should probably have scored four more points than they got. And uh, you have to take your chances, particularly if you're playing a superior team. And Fiedl didn't do that. Yeah. I, I feel when you miss chances like that, you're under pressure. Correct. You know, it is very easy to take your points and all that. But if you're being hassled and harassed, then it's it's a very diff- so different get, situation. Different pressure There's no, yes. no doubt about that. Yeah. But as we said, look, we thank Fiekel and Scarif and all these player teams. And unfortunately, Tuller went out at the intermediate as well. You know, and there's, there's the bridge second team. Mm. You know, there, there's the... Edit no, to the I just add to that, that's a fairly fine concept because... I really had thought Tuller would have been that in advance. But that second bridge team were massively impressive and they will rattle Corofin in that final. I, I feel they'll give him a good rattle. The quality of six by bridge hurling, I thought that second team the last day was all was really good. And uh, that's what you're up against with you know, the smaller clubs. They simply have those numbers. I made a st- I made a point here a, few, a number of weeks ago on a programme here one day with, involved with Badai and they went to play an under 10 tournament below, below on the bridge. Mm-hmm. We had 10. The bridge at 60. And that's it. Team. And that's yeah. it. You know, that, that just says <laughs> yeah. But we thank all the East Clare teams for the entertainment to give us all year. And we look forward to seeing more of it in the Under 21 Championship in, in the coming weeks. Now we're going to turn the, the clock back to a team that had put full of glory uh, of just over 50, 50 years ago, 1973. It's the, the Fecal team that won the Intermediate Championship, another East Clare Derby, taking on Brawford in the final where they came out victorious. And I said, we're delighted to be joined by two members of that team, uh, Pat Maloney and, and Brenda Maloney. And they're going to join in the discussion now. Let's, 50 years ago, Pat Maloney, it just seems like yesterday. Yeah, well, I can't remember every detail for sure, but uh, it's still clear in the memory that we won that final mm-hmm. and um, in my opinion looking back at it we were lucky to win it because uh, Bradford got off to a bad start we got off to a great start Brenda Maloney scored a goal after two minutes I think and I think we led by we had four goals scored in the first half and um, Bradford came back in the second half attacked strongly Gerald Nand repelled with some great defence. Seamus Jurek was outstanding in goals. I think Fiegel played poorly on the day, but we managed to survive. Bradford drew level with maybe five minutes to go, and Lee Maloney got the winning score, if I remember correctly, close to the end, two minutes to go. I am delighted to win, of course, but I think, you know, there's an old saying, you've got to lose one to win one. And we were involved in 1972, in, in two, two finals, a drawn game and a replay. And I'd like to maybe say a few words about that in a few minutes. So, Brendan, what do you think? Brendan, well, if I can you remember 50 years ago, county final day, Brendan? My memory is getting very vague <laughs> at the moment. 50 years is a long time ago. But uh, I'd have been very disappointed if we lost it with the quality of some of the team that we had that day. Mm-hmm. Like, my claim to fame would in Hurland is I played with the best and maybe against the best too. But I'd say, you talk about Seamus Jurek, I'd say he was one of the best goalies of all time. T- of all time. Mm-hmm. You talk about Jarluk Nan, centre-back that day, I'd say one of the best fetal hurlers, best clear hurler, and 
you know, he was a great man. Mm. Another man, and I think I rate him one of the best hurlers I ever played with, and that's Liam Maloney, Liam Billy Maloney. Now I rate him the best hurler I ever saw. And if if them three up the middle didn't, if we didn't win that day, I'd have been very disappointed. There were definitely pe- three people that got Did, the crowd going anyway. There was no. They'd win a match on their own. The quality of them three players would win any, mm-hmm. should win a match on their own, and I'd have been very disappointed if we didn't win that. Pat, going back to you know '72, right? Okay, you said you have to lose one to win one. Yeah. You, you lost in a replay in '72. Yeah. Did that even drive you on more to come back in '73? Yeah, I think it did, obviously, when you have the experience of playing in that final previously. But I seem to remember that those two matches were were better matches than the final we won. I think the final against Bradford, if I remember correctly, was a scrappy affair on a, on a damp, wet day. <coughs> and uh, I think, despite the fact that we had good players, we were lucky to survive, I think. In fairness to Bradford, they were missing, I think, maybe one of their key players, Sean O'Driscoll. And maybe the cap- captain, I think, a fellow called O'Connell, Con- was missing. Now, um, in 72, we had two great games against Trevor Brendan. I can't remember. I think that's that fair to say. And um, they seemed to capture the, the, the enthusiasm of the, of, of the supporters. There was a massive crowd in Trevor for the drawn game. Of course, the O'Connells were coming on stream at um, stage too. I have, uh, you know, I looked up a few quotes from the clear champion of those games. Um, and... Uh, it's interesting to, 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 to see the, the reading, you know. But Seamus Jurek was outstanding in both matches. He, he saved Fetal time after time. Um, Gerlach Nan was, was the man at the time to, to, to take out, really. He was a young up-and-coming centre-half back. And in 72, Scarif had a decent team. And um, there was great rivalry. And I think it was in 72 that we beat Scarif in a semi-final. And I think... The talk at the time was that Aidan O'Byrne, who, who was a very talented hurler and a very tough, tenacious player, would, would, be, would, t- would be well able to hurl Gerald Nan, but I think Gerald got the upper hand in a big way. That was a tough game. Scarif had a good team. I think Mike McNamara was centre-half back, but we managed to win that. And um, Drew with Tubber um, on an unusual scoreline of Tubber, not 12, Fetal 3-3. Um... It was a titanic affair, tempestuous exchanges, refereed by Jimmy McNamara, who, who, who let most things go, but was very fair. There was no quarter asked or given. And uh, there was a great friendship between those two teams after the game that lasted for a long time. At the, at the end, Tubber were, were ahead with three minutes to go, and Fiegel replaced Seamus Jurek in goals with Toddy Nelson. Jury came outfield to, to save the day and he deflected a high ball to the net for the equalising score. But Tubber won the replay and um, deservedly so by 1 9 to 1 6. Powered by the O'Connors. In the drawn game, Michael O'Connor and Pat O'Connor scored six points each of the total. Pat was 17 years old. And um, so I remember those matches in a way better because the replay was played two weeks before Christmas. There was a three-week gap between them. There were two glorious days, actually, with sunshine for the drawing game and a dry, sunny day as well, cold for the replay. I seem to remember those two days better. And um, the, 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 semi-final, the final then in 73, 
I think we, we, we did well to win it. And Bradford won then 74. And um, Brenton, you can take up in the 73 final again. Well, again, I tend to forget things I don't like to remember. The defeats <laughs> that you remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I, don't remember. I, can, I can remember beating Bradford better than I can remember the matches now. Mm. So Tough opponents though, Brendan. Tough opponents. We, we often had a lot of tough battles with Bradford apart from that intermediate final. So, yeah, I was... I can remember that better than the matches leading up to it. I was just going to say, can you remember the earlier matches or who you played in the Indian? Not so great. No, not so great. I think Fiegel beat... I think we beat Scarif fairly well. I think it was 72. But I think, I think we beat Bodike and there was a replay there in the quarter-final. And Pat Kirby, who was an outstanding hurler at the time, mm. received a nasty facial injury. Can you remember that? Yeah, I do remember and it. And, uh, he was centre... Back, and yes, um, I remember he that. wasn't unable to play in the replay. We won the replay. I think we beat Clark Castle in the in the semi final. But I'm a little bit confused as to whether Scarif was seventy two or seventy three. Doesn't make any difference now, indeed. But uh, but I had a good team then, a very good team. And um, okay. I remember, in fact, but I around that time, but maybe a year or two earlier, I went to see a national hurling league game in Ennis between Clare and Kilkenny, and but I had three players in the starting fifteen, okay. which was. Good, f- good for an East Clare mm-hmm. team at the time. Just on, on the three final again, tell us a little bit about the training you did that time. Who was over you? Uh, who was involved in the, in the management? Uh, down to your nutritionist now and no. psychologist and all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, would Tommy Gillifoy you know, you know, you know, have been around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now, first of all, I'd say. Uh, I remember these games. These are the first games I went to. These are the games that put fetal basically into my heart, if you know what I mean, in, in that way. So I remember the, the, the two games against Tubber, as you would say, even better than the Bradford game, because they were savage games. And I always remember and my fellow said one thing about 73, right? He said, there's bad news, he says, there's good hurling teams coming in fetal. There's more houses after going into fetal with the RHO <laughs> right? houses in 73, right? Yeah. So, and then the, the team yeah. was coming as well. But those those. Games, I, did, I just remember them, those games. I remember the final game, Brawford, a wet day, I was behind the goals. And I remember, I think Liam Billy actually got a line ball and he, he, on, the, on the wall side and he drove it over the bar <laughs> to win it. And, you know, you wouldn't, and a wet day and a bad ball, Every ball he, yeah. he drove it 40, 50 yards over the, over the, over the bar to win well, it. Harry, to talk about it, go back to Liam Billy again. I was on the field when it was a 70-yard instead of a 65 yeah. that time and Liam Billy walked up to the 70 yard yeah, and didn't even bother to go rise it and it went 20 yards over the bar. I remember that clearly Never and it was remarked after and the champion John Joe Dial John Joe Goggles Dial remarked was, it it yeah. yeah. was like he was the, he the best striker of the ball yeah. that I would have seen yeah. uh, he, he consisted on that consistent yeah. balls over bear. Yeah. If, you, if you saw Liam I mean I was lucky enough to hurdle with him for a couple of years if you saw the pair of arms he had he was a small man and if you saw the hurdle he had the hurdle was actually not speak as himself but the swipe he had yeah. and the speed of his it's swipe and this, the power he had in his voice but come back to what Pat said who trained the team yeah. or whatever I have uh, bring most players and you know, conjoin them to come to this night. But, uh, and I've asked him the question, who was over the team? Most players can't remember, which I can understand. But there was one player that, uh, well, he told me, 
he was more or less in charge, and that was the great Seamus Stewart. Sure. Okay. That he he took the team, he trained the team, and he more or less picked the team too. He, he said. But one one another for I've had so many stories, and they're all in my head over the last month from different players. And maybe this is the start of floodlights. Seamus Stewart was uh, I think he was sailman's first shipboard. And he had a, a, a car he had was, I suppose, was a rented car. But he brought it down to the field in the evening because it was getting late in the year. Maybe this is in 72 now, because it was later in the year. And, of course, lads would be working. They'd be coming training. So there was no lights. So Jurek uh, pulled the car into the, into the field and turned on the lights. And the lads trained. That's how they trained. Good, yeah. So that was probably the start of <laughs> floodlights <laughs> 50 years ago. Going back to the lectures, um, of course, in those years there was no sitting as a manager as such, no, no appointed trainer really at the beginning of the year. I think I think Tommy Gillifile might have been a selector. I think Tommy Gillifile was a, around at the time. Yeah. Tommy Senior, no. Tommy yeah. Senior, yeah. yes. Yeah. I think Matt O'Brien Matt definitely, O'Brien definitely yeah. was. Would have come to my mind too. Mm. Maybe John Anglam deserves a mention. He was always involved. Joe, Joe Minogue, maybe. Joe Minogue was. In, he was mentioned by a lot of people that I spoke to, because Joe, even I didn't know Joe. He died actually the following year. 74 but Joe was involved I'd say every year either when he was playing or after he stopped playing he was always involved with Fetal in some way but a final word on Lee Maloney um, who probably was entering his veteran stage in, 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 the, in the early 70s mid 70s I mean he played minor for Clare in the early 60s I think but I mean there, he was as good a stickman that ever played hurling there's no doubt about that and I'd agree with Brendan on that but he didn't get the, ref, the protection from referees then that he would get now and deserves deserve to get then. Sorry, Pat. If he had the rules of today, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt he mm. would be in, in any county team. But again, he's he's he played a minor match, I think, in goals for Clare against Cork, and the, the, he gave an exhibition of goalkeeping. No, yeah. but he was a brilliant goalkeeper. He played in goals for Fiekel for, for many. And he was yeah. he played in goal for Fiekel. At, I'd say, about 14 years of age, he played yeah, 14, seniors 14, yeah. against in goals in the seniors when he was a juvenile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pat, come back to the game again, we're offered. You, you might give out the, the lineups of the, the Fiegel team, you know, because with this, there, there's a function coming up. Uh, Harry, you might tell us about the function as, as Pat, before Pat names out the team. Tell me about this 50 year team. Um, yeah, the, the, well, the function, but first of all, hopefully, as many players will get there. And uh, we'd enjoy that. And now the, the Rugby World Cup, the big game is on that evening as well. So I suppose nothing is going to happen until that game is over. But look, we'll be having, there'll be finger food and a chat with all the players. And there'll be a small bit of a presentation from the club to the players. Because I, I, I myself now personally, uh, and the reason I, uh, that I'm kind of involved in it is... You know, we, we need to acknowledge that team. Correct. Because that team certainly put us on the map. It put my generation on the map, you know, to follow this team. Because this team was actually very, very unlucky to lose a semi-final replay, uh, like we lost last Sunday, to the bridge. And the bridge went down and won that final. In, that was 77. Yeah, that was yeah. their first final that they won. People were extremely unlucky, you know. And, you know, some of the players getting older, um, after that and I know I actually started playing the following year in 78 you know so I would I would have played with some of these players I played with Pat I didn't play with Brendan now but I, I did play with Pat in a few games he might not remember me now but <laughs> I, I sat and I was I was I would say I was honoured to be playing with him you know a team you would have seen when you'd be young that and then maybe get a chance to play with him 
you know, just take every chance you get. I can remember what I can remember Pat and, and, and Brendan playing, you know, playing for FIFA. Oh, yeah. Two two kid hogs. Brendan, I remember you playing for playing for Chipper as well, you know. So I would see maybe more of you but you were good kind of forward. We were always there able to get I was in for the score, no doubt. As, like, as, as I say, Leo, my claim to fame was I played with the best and that's <laughs> but no. My father was always involved with fetal over the years in different capacities, but uh, I suppose one of the first four or five players to be pencil in for any fetal team around those years would be Brendan. He was notorious for poaching a score from the edge of the square, 21-yard line, and more importantly, he was a great defender. He rarely let a corner back clear a ball without a fight, and that's that's awfully important for a for a corner forward. Even, even often, in cities now, of course, yeah. Of course, um, defence. Yeah, so... You might get the team's pet, if you don't mind. The team for that day, goalkeeper Seamus Jurek, full-back line, Michael Burke, Peter McGarney, full-back, and Gerald Grady, cornerback. His brother, twin brother Joe, right half-back, Gerald Nance, centre half-back, Sean Noonan, left half-back, Pat Moroney and Tim Maloney, centre-field, Martin Moroney, right half-forward, Lee Maloney, centre-forward, Michael Callanan, who was a very young player at the time, oh, yeah. left half-forward, Eddie Gillifile, right corner-forward, Tony Hayes, full-forward, and Brendan Maloney, left corner-forward. Now, Tony Hayes didn't play in 72, but he must have been, po- he must have been encouraged to, to, to uh, come back to play in that you know, and uh, so he full forward. Billy Lucknan, I think, might have thought he was a bit unlucky not to start, but he came on in that game. Good, and uh, he made a, he made a good contribution, as far as I, as far as I remember. Yeah, he did. I spoke to him the other day, and we spoke about the match, and he did come on. You know, and he made a contribution. He certainly did. So, um, do you know a man knows to, as a lot of them records? Is Kieran Sheedy's book? I have it in the history, yeah. And the Bible. The Bible, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, just to mention two other players yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, Van Horan was the sub, he was the first sub. And uh, Mike Noonan, now, uh, and I, as, as I say, I have a picture of this team. And I don't know, it was Con McGuinness. Talk Messi. And you mentioned Billy, uh, looking at Timmy McMahon, uh, Toddy Nelson, another fine big man, uh, mm-hmm. Tom Hogan. Uh, and Tom Hogan be a brother of Pat Hogan. All right. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah I didn't know Tom. Uh, and Tony Toohey. Oh. Tony was always uh, at his feet at dressing room. He was. Whatever the match was. Ever present. Tony, he, Tony yeah. was there, you know. And there were three other players outside of this. They were kind of, that's the extended panel. Okay. Uh, and they were Christy McMahon, uh, Pat Flynn and pa- Pat McGuinness. Oh, Pat. Yeah, with this okay. extended panel. All this to give great service to memories, great names. The previous year we had a real veteran playing corner forward, a man called Oliver Lynch, who would have been an uncle of Colin Lynch. Oh, yeah. That was in the 1962 final. But he played in 72, is it? Yeah, Oliver played in 72, and he would have been well into his late 30s then, I would have thought. And Billy Lutan started that game. But anyway, we're talking about 1973, I suppose. And... um, as I say previously, it was great to win it, and uh, we deserve to win it, I think. But yeah. Bradford were a bit unlucky on the on the day. I and always feel just that. on that. Who were the prominent players that Harry uh, Eden Perry is? Just who were the prominent lads we probably everybody would know of on the Bradford side? Should name out the team. Yeah, yeah they're all great names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, I I played against some of these now. Uh, Pat Isle goals. So I met him last last Sunday. Sean Carroll. Yeah. Pat, Pat and James. Pat Pat Carroll's father. Mm. Pat Sean Carroll. No. 
No, he be remember the musician Miriam Carroll. He be living there across in the Hill Centre. So that's oh, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, John Dogan was full back. Okay. John, of course, was in the marketing band. Yeah. And he was in the county final of '61 for yeah. marketing goals. Yeah. 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 Um, Tony Marsh. Quite Tony, man. Yeah. Oh, lovely man. Uh, James Shanahan. Uh, James, I suppose. Uh, James is very young. That time. Yeah. Though. He must have been. Yes. Yeah. Mm. There was uh, James O'Brien. Yeah, tenacious man, James player. Yeah, James O'Brien. Yeah, uh, captain, captain Brawford intermediate in 82, 81 afterwards. Oh. John McMahon. Yeah, um, he was captain. Then Sean Kelly. I remember Sean, but oh, I don't Sean, remember. Yeah. He on a big tall man. Sean yeah. Kelly. I was wore red togs. Mm. Actually, he was a great Irish speaker. Oh, that's the yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, John Skihan, is it? From a Brands Bridge. Yeah, he was at St. Lennon's in my time. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then Pat O'Brien. 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 He was working the factory yeah. with Joe Brendan. Yeah, he'd be yeah. related to Mike Noonan, I think, now, actually. He went to America. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I could be wrong on that, but I think he did. No, you're right. He went to America, you're right. But he did work in the factory. He did, he yeah. did, yeah. Then there was John McMahon, another John McMahon. The jock. He was captain, was he? Yeah. Well, see, you, he was wing back. Tall, you have tall John McMahon, mm-hmm. who was another great, great, great go Irish speaker. And then you have John McMahon, who was the jock McMahon. And I'll elaborate on that in a moment. Yeah, the jock was captain oh, that day. Right, okay. He then, was very young captain too. Yeah. And then Dan Jurich. Yeah. Left corner forward. Don't know him now. Dan would have been coming yeah. close to the end I said at that time, would he? Probably would, so. Yeah. I, I would have to mention Sean Kelly, who was an absolute supreme hurling artist and one of the cleanest players ever played on. Good man. Yeah. Um, that yeah. deserves to be said. He was an absolute gentleman yeah. in the field. James O'Brien was a tough, fantastic, typical Bradford man playing centre-back that day. John McMahon, John Jock McMahon, was captain, started left half-back. I finished up marking him and had a very poor match, I have to say, in, in that final. But he was a tough player. Not a nice man to mark, I can tell you. a nice weapon. And, uh, uh, there are my memories of the Bradford team. But Bradford, you know what, like Tubber, and, and, and all the East Clare teams, I suppose, a great spirited crowd always. Great to keep the team going over the years. And in the earlier years, indeed, back in the 60s, they used to have ferocious battles with not alone Fiedel, but with Scarif and Whitegate and anybody they met, I suppose. But that's it's awfully important, in my opinion. It doesn't, doesn't happen half often enough that teams like that should be recognised by their clubs on a regular basis mm. and brought together. for It's a reminisce, even forget about presentations or whatever, to reminisce, to chat, point, mm. uh, a bit of a tweet, and just get together and have an old photograph and meet each other for maybe that would be scattered. Okay, the core of the team might be around, still at five or six, seven or eight, living far away. So our own club, Kilnina, doesn't do it half often enough. We haven't an awful lot to celebrate, but we have a few and we've only done it once or twice. I think Fetal are fairly good at it, in fairness at times, but it's very, very important. I think all clubs should look at it now that people have, you know, venues of their own and good halls and whatever, or, you know, nice bars and the village, whatever. It should be done more often, definitely. But Harry, that was the start. That 72-73 team was the start of the renaissance of Fiegel, though, really, wasn't it? Bringing it back into the limelight again. It was, yeah. And, and you mentioned, um, said Tommy Gilfoyle, thinking back in 71. All, everything um, kind of was in the mental part started there. That's what it started. We won our first schools in 74. 
I won two schools since four seventy five, and that's where it started. You didn't realise it at the time, um, like yeah. But it was Tommy coming outside Scarif School around those years, uh, looking for Kilnanlands for around <laughs> seven, sixteen, seventy to play a minor, because we had no minor team at that. And myself, Ger Hoy, um, who else was in Scarif that time? I know that yes, just asked Brian Glynn if you want. We did play with Tickle. You did, I yeah, played for Tickle. Yeah. A, a sign of what was to come in the future. Yeah. But if yeah. I remember correctly, um, in the early 80s, and I didn't go to many matches at that time, but Fiedel were beaten in a, another 21B county final. And it would have been automatically assumed, and I stand corrected in this, Harry, that they would go back, play again in my in under twenty one B the following year. And they went but I think at a meeting they decided to go A, and won the next four under twenty one A titles. We we were beaten actually in the minor uh, minor B semi final. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, we were by I think by Tola in in, in eighty one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, in eighty one. Maybe I'm referring and, to yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, I remember the game. Uh, we played well, but Tola were better than us. But anyway, we decided then, uh, the club decided, or the, or the players decided, that the, the voters, we spoke about this last yeah, year, we did, yeah, that we did, yeah. we'd go up and play A. And we all said, the hell we at that? But uh, we, so that's, that's what's really got us in that next step, by playing in those. Even, and I've often said it to players, especially at underage, of course you want to win. But if we didn't win, the experience of playing A, Herbert, brings you... Near to senior. Goes back to the point you made yeah. at, the, at the very early stage, Pat, about the current, the current uh, senior team, you know, and not getting get enough experience at that level. Those four, you won four in a row in the 21 years. Is that correct? Got, yeah, and we got to five finals. And then we, that we was a springboard for Fiedel winning a senior title yeah. in 88. Yeah, well, it says, by being in all those finals, right, you have more than just 15 players. You have 20 players and maybe a few more. Mm. Then we had, we had yeah, John McNan and those older players as well still there. So we had a, we had a quarter of 25 good, very good players. And you, we all know that's what you have to have. You have to have it, yeah. You have to have to win senior. But even, even if we don't win underage, once you're trying to get up there, and I do think, and I'm not trying to boast about Fiedel, whatever we do, we always try and play at the to- top right, that we can. Yeah. Because it does... It, it does bring you forward, brings you forward in a big way. Pat, come back, you know, to the, the 72 and 73, and that brought you into senior ranks, right? And you were more than, as you, you, you mentioned, right to beat them in the semi-final. In, yeah, trust 77, sure, yeah. Like, you were more than competitive senior. And the crowds that went to Dr. Tatola on those Sundays, Brendan, you know, to see, especially well, these, follow these player teams, but, yeah. you know, the crowds yeah, were unbelievable. After that was 73, well, Fiedel went to a cup final against Six Mile Bridge in 76 in Tuller. Yeah. Uh, Six Mile Bridge were amalgamated with Shannon at the time, and I remember Jim Carr was in goals for, right, yeah. for Shannon. Good yeah. goal he was too. A good mm-hmm. goal. Central yeah. Central, yeah. Central, yeah. Yeah. But like, we were in hard luck to lose that final. Mm. But they wouldn't, you know, and that, that, Evolved from that intermediate team in '73. Yeah, you know, it's hard to believe that Six Mile Bridge won their first ever senior title in 1977. Yes, no, I think I looked mm. up the record. I think they won the intermediate title in '71. October '72, Field '73, Alfred '74, October May in '75. I think they regret. In those years, you could regret. You didn't have to stay. Nowadays, it's based on relegation, isn't it? In yeah, promotion. Yeah. But. Um, um, Fiedel had a decent team. They always reckoned 
they would have won the final, but that would be unfair to O'Callaghan's Mills, who were a decent team also at the time. But see, Bridge won their first ever title, then they beat Fiedl in a replay in 77. Um, as a girl's Fiedl, any time Fiedl had a good team, though, and it goes back to preceding, we mentioned a man earlier before the meeting called Jimmy Conroy, who was a guard uh, based in Fiedl at one stage. But the Fiedl team of the 60s was powered by Jimmy Conroy and Dermot Sheedy, two outstanding inter-county players. And after that, I mean, leaving Lee Maloney aside, he was a county player in his own right. Um, Gerald O'Dan and Seamus Jurek were outstanding. And uh, again, now we have Adam Hogan on the team and the goalkeeper. And yeah, well, yeah. You always need count a few county players. It makes a big, big difference, I think. Yeah. You mm. know. Yeah, you have to have the stepping stone, don't you? And Jolik and, and Lachnan were just absolutely... But, but that faecal team, there was no weak link on those faecal teams. I remember say, watching you when you were coming up, and I remember yourself bringing a corner forward. You know, you were always good for a score, set up a score or whatever. They were good. They were, you, were good to, you were a good team. Everybody everybody had their, had their, had their role to play. Now, in 73... Yeah, and I think that time too, there was more members. You had to compete for your position. Whereas now, I, I feel now, uh, the lack of numbers of of that standard, take Fiegel, they haven't the panel to make, the pl- make yeah, players yeah. compete for their position. Uh, well, we haven't, uh, um, but I do, I think there's something about your own club. I do, that's what I think. Uh, I know, we, of course, we want more players, and, and but the, when I look back to the Fiegel jersey in, in 73 and I see the photograph, uh, I do. Oh, to me, there's nothing better than the fetal jersey, and I know what Pat said earlier on about yeah. the 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 away jersey. You know, people, fetal people walking in there saying, "This jersey, <laughs> they wouldn't know, they wouldn't cough on you." See, but there's nothing nicer to me than what, yeah, looking yeah. at that fetal jersey. Initially, I was wondering whether they got these tops. <laughs> you know, another factor that emerged in in 1973 was. Um, the Fiegel Shamrocks. Um, I remember being at a meeting, uh, I'm not sure was it an AGM or a, an EGM, at which there was a certain amount of division. Um, a leading number of, play- of the players wanted to go senior, and that was the ambition and that was the entitlement. It didn't ever really take off. It was only one year of it. Pat, one year. Fiegel Shamrocks, I think, was based with Fiegel, but I can Yeah. Not was taller. But in 71, I think there was another amalgamation between Fiedl and Bodeich. Fiedl and Bodeich is the one that was in the boat now. Right. There was one year of it. But the funny thing about that was, that was only for championship. And what name did they go into? Barrow was it or something like that. I can't remember. I read it the other day now. But the funny thing, Fiedl played Bodeich in the cup. And I think Fiedl won it by points or two. So you had two teams playing each other that were playing two weeks later. With each other. Um, you see, it takes a long time. It takes a while for a team to gel together, you know. And then in 73, uh, they played a few games. Not everyone was behind it. Three clubs. Not easy. I didn't, uh, I didn't know until now there was three clubs. I always yeah, thought there was three clubs. I thought that uh, the Barrows, Brian Barrows, were fake. No, no, was, no, was no. That was Tuller, Odeig and Kilinina. But I yeah. can't remember Fiegel being involved with two other clubs. I thought it was, but yeah. I thought it was a Shamrock's Piano Sport. I thought it was. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Joe Brady, Joe Brady about it. Uh, but you see, it didn't go anywhere. 
because Fiedl won the intermediate. Fiedl won. And they finished there. They were, they were there. And then Brian Bruce was formed. Was this right? Yeah. That was probably the reason it was formed. So they win the county final in 75. Pat, you're talking about great names. You're talking about Seamus Jory, Sherlock Nane, and, and, and those Liam Maloney playing with Fiedl, along with many others. Who were your icons or the people, players you looked up to? Or they, were the hardest players you taught to mark in your well, time from the other clubs well, around? I remember, um, again, I was involved from a young age being at all the matches. I actually remember the 1958 county final, um, which was beaten by St. Joseph's. But uh, Fiedl had a very good team in, in the early 60s and won a Clare Cup in 1964. Yeah. And we're very unlucky not to beat New Rocket a few times. New Rocket had a, had a, had a powerful team. team. Yeah. They had seven or eight or nine of the clear team at one stage and they won, New Rocket won 13 titles in 19 years between 1963 and 1981. It's but I think they won three, two, three in a row. But Fiedl came up against those teams. But I remember one year distinctly and I was away in college in, in, in Flannans and that. I missed a lot of it. But uh, there was one game we played Clark Castle in the first round of the championship. 19... Um, 67, I do believe. And uh, I would be very young. I think I wasn't 17 at the time. And... I right, you believe my father retired from Wycliffe that year, 1967. That was the last year he played for. I remember him playing well, well too. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Fiedl were missing about six or seven players for, for one reason or another, right? And they had to put in a number of young fellas, including myself. And Clarecastle were a fairly Seasoned. serious team at the time, I can tell you. And... Um, I was picked centre field, I was a light skinny fella and uh, was fairly nervous now, can I show you, approaching Clare Castle. But we had Dermot Sheedy centre back. Superman. And I remember him coming up to me just before the towing. He put his hand on my back and he says, Pat, don't worry, he says, I'll mind you. Just one thing, let the ball go when you get it. That was the trend in those years. Yeah. Of course, at, in front of me then, centre forward, was another formidable man, Tony Hayes. Yeah. So I felt pretty safe. But of course, we were well beaten in that match. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I did very much. But anyway, I remember Dermot Sheedy was a powerful man. Oh. I mean, he hurled ball and players out before him. He was outstanding. The displays he gave for Fetal, Brendan, mm. they were, you remember all that. I do. I think uh, Dermot Sheedy would have been the most loyal uh, Fetal man. We'd go to the dressing room in Tulla on a Sunday and we'd be waiting, waiting for Dermot Sheedy to drive from Dublin. And, you know... There was no need to be one bit concerned yeah, because Dermot would yeah. come and you'd, you'd feel a sigh of relief then when, when, he, when he, he, right. he the best vehicle man ever to play, play the game? Uh, well, he, he was a great hurler. Uh, again, I'll go back. My longest memory, I suppose, where hurling is concerned was listening to uh, broadcast Mihalo here back in 1955 oh, the Munster final. in the Munster final against Cork. Dan McInerney was on, Mike Hayes was in goal. I was nine years of age. And I listened to Michal O'Hare, Dermot Sheedy, and your man from Rwanda. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy yeah. Smith. They were the centre field. And yeah. I never dreamed that I'd ever stand in the field with the likes of Dermot Sheedy. Yeah. No. Mm. He was... He was a colossus of a player. He, he really, was. really was. But to compare him, you see, then... Sherlock Nan was a colossal athlete as well as a great hurler. Seamus Jury, But two fetal men that uh, I would have to mention was Jimmy Lynch 
one of the best wing backs I would have seen, and another great man in his still would have, Harley McGrath, was as good a corner back, in my opinion, as would have played the game. Great names. Before you finish, Brendan, Pat answered the question already once. Tough cornerbacks, you met. You can think of. Tough cornerbacks. Oh, effectively. I'd have to go to White Gate. Because you would have played with these as well, playing interferum. You played with good hurlers and interferum with chipboard as well. I did, Seamus Shinners and the likes of him. They were great hurlers. But I'd have to go the toughest battles in my short senior career was against White Gate, Syke Cleary. That Tom Fahey was another man you'd you earn it. And you worked with him as well, sure. Yes, yes. he's off Tom. You'd know you had a <laughs> bit of a root gut. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Tony Marsh was, was pretty hard too. Yeah. Re- reputation <laughs> of being hard on you. So oh, he, I think in the fairness of all teams, I mean, it was different hurling. Yeah. It was a different uh, game, a different game. All the teams were hard. That cup final in against Tubber, I think I was on corner forward for a half an hour. Taff was his name. By God, he gave me a tough half hour. Still there. He was a big, yeah. strong man. The George, the Emmons fair, the George. I don't know, yeah. but the the style, the rules were different, mm. and this third man tackling you, the ball would be coming in, and well, you could be put flying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good memories of the '72 final. You know, there was more excitement, and it was. Excitement was to follow because the Tubber boys brought the cup to Fetal on, on the Tuesday after the match. <laughs> this was two weeks before Christmas. <laughs> to, to Lena Hanrahan's, oh, and uh, I'm. Are we and uh, but we returned the favour. We went to Tubber on, on the Thursday night, and I was talking to somebody the other night, and he says actually we went to Glynn's Hotel in Gort first. That's where the meeting place was, but we were put out of there by the Gardaí at, at a late hour, <laughs> and uh, we we finished up in in O'Grady's pub in Tubber. We yeah. we we set back for feet at about four a.m. But. Uh, Oh, good, good memories. <laughs> but Brendan, that was the, that time, you know, and I know I'm going to ask you about the interferon before we finish up, but that time, the camaraderie after games seems to be an awful lot better that time, you know, and the games, like the games were hard, there was no doubt about it, there was no, no quarter rest or given, but the camaraderie, when the game was over, you he left was, it, he, you he was there, it was over, it, and that was it. You shook hands with your opponent, and no matter what he was after doing, you just shook hands with him and walked off the field as yeah. if nothing had happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the the camaraderie, as you say, even though there was fierce competition and, and you know, it was good. Yeah. Just yeah. a small statement to champion of the, the drawn game in 72, right? And this fits my memory of it. Um, the closeness of the scoring and the t- honest tenacity of the many exhilarating hip-to-hip confrontations contributed in no small way towards making this clash of the intermediate kingpins, the game of the year in Clare. Both teams went at it hammer and tongs from the throw-in. And with dedication to victory as the ultimate goal of all concerned, one of the greatest hurling set-tos in modern Clare hurling unfolded itself before a big and enthusiastic attendance. I think that's a good reflection. That's, very good that's why I have a very good memory of that. A Bradford that? game, not sure. Who was it? Sean King? Sean King, actually. Sean yeah. King. Yeah. Yeah. But Pat, even that time, you know, when we were young, there's going on, you'll be the head of me now, but the games, the games in Tulla, that time, you know, the, crowd, the crowds, that was your Sunday, and you were there. was two games. If not three, if not four. But you always got good games, and especially, you you wanted to see these tear teams time on, because you got good entertainment. Whitegate, Fiegel, brought for the Mills, Killina, we might have been junior more of those years in the 70s, for sure. We won the junior in 77, and went up into Beaches. Joseph's used to be out there as well, for Inter Beaches games, and Clooney, you know. But 
people brought from the mills, Tulla, Whitegate, all those teams were playing in Tulla. And as I said, you go there for two or three games, and uh, as a young lad, you go down and get the six penny ice cream at the, at the, the lady, you want to get from up from the shop, down the trunk, the block of, blocks of ice cream, and you're away for a pair of six plus, I got your ice cream, and you're back up the hill again to upset in the grass. And it was mighty. Knocking some involved with great memories of all these players. Brendan, I have to ask you about the film, right? I know you mentioned Shamus Machine wasn't there. You won in All Ireland with 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 with, yeah. with, with Chip against couple of the greats, Kilkenny greats. Well, the the one I remember, the final was against um, Noel Skeehan was in goal. Smithics from Kilkenny, yeah. Smithics, and it was down in Bamsha, and I remember Shinners playing in that. And again, it was nearly dark. We were two pints down. And again, I left to mention him, Billy Maloney. Sure. We got a 21-yard free, and I'd say Skihan didn't see it. Yeah, amazing. No. Mm-hmm. Were there was another man playing for Kilkenny, uh, Kilkenny, Graf Kilkenny, Hurl that day, and I can't remember who was on him the same day. It was Chunky O'Brien. Yeah. Mm. And he was he, he he was poor on the same day. I remember he was poor. You'd expect more of him, Kilkenny Hurl, but I can't remember who from Chipper was on him, but I remember that day. I can remember that evening, bro. And the late John Maloney was the mental referee the match, actually. That's Remember right. From, from, he was from Banshee, too, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. But uh, that, was, that was a super win for, for Chipport at the time. But then there, there was fierce competition that time. Interferum was, was a big thing. Was a big thing yeah. Shannon Diamond, uh, there was Shannon teams there, and they were pretty good. It was outlet for all the county players. Uh, Cement factory in, in yeah. Limerick. Uh, and uh, actually... You know, the Hurland would help you get the job at the time too. Because yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to nearly give Tom Fahey the credit. I was after coming back from England and I had no intention of going back to England. And I went into the factory to go look for a job thinking, I'm wasting my time. And I'd say that evening it was Tom Fahey sent me, you know, notice that I had a job got. And I'd say it had a lot to do with the Hurland at the time. But doesn't that signify the, everything about the camaraderie in, in Holland and in the GA, Britain? Exactly. You know, that you, you were great rivals, and you said he was your, one of your biggest, biggest, oh, biggest yeah, of all, and, like and then to come around, and, you know. Like Dan O'Dell, your mm. uncle, Tom Fahey, I played with all them, played with them, but I played oftener against them. Yeah, and you know, when you did play with them, it was like as if uh, you never had played against them. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. Pet, what's your thoughts on the current game? You know the way the game is played now compared to the the game during your own time. Well, of course, it's different now. It's 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 it's, it's uh, more open. Refereeing is, is more strict. Players are more skillful. There's no doubt about that, and, and they're fitter. I mean, some of the games we played in, in in hindsight, and I can refer to myself in this. I don't think we, we were as fit as we could have been or should have been at the time. But there were different reasons for that. Working away. And not being available for training sessions, it's 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 a different game now. It's probably a bit more scientific, a bit more skillful, and um, it was certainly harder in the old days. But it's very hard to compare eras. You simply can't do it. I think um, it was encouraging to see two new teams, you know, Clonara and Crusheen in the county final. It would have been nicer if Fiat and Scaliff got there mm-hmm. to break the 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 six mile bridge, Bellier, Axis, and um, America and that. Um, but looking forward. It's going to be very hard for an East Clare team to win a county senior hurling title. I think Scaliff looked to have the better un- young, younger players to do it. And hopefully hopefully they can, because I would have loved to see Fetal were beaten as they were. But Scaliff played first, of course, on the Saturday. I would love to see Scaliff win a county senior hurling title, um, which would be wonderful for, e- for East Clare. Despite the rivalry between Scaliff and Fetal, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't have any of that in me. I would, I would be 
shouting vigorously for Scarif if they got to a county final. And uh, But next year, maybe. I think uh, you have good prospects and young players coming up in the forwards particularly. And um, I think maybe Christian got a head start in this match last, on, last Saturday. Yeah, Brendan? I think uh, players are a lot fitter now than they were. You know, Gerlukne and I'd say could be credited would bring in a level of fitness which was not there before. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. You see, when he done it well, they had to, every other team then had to do that. And it's, it's, it's nearly professional more now. Oh, the training that goes in now to, to mm. county teams as well as parish oh, teams. Yeah. It is a chance of saying majority driving yeah. the car into turn on the lights. It is. <laughs> it is. And again, now, uh, when you go back into the 60s, 70s, you played your position. Yeah, now true. it's nearly like Barcelona playing soccer, it's yeah. tiki tack. Yeah, it would mm. be anywhere. And you, you could be anywhere, and you'd be expected to be would, anywhere. Would, would you like to play the game as it is now? Or would you? I would have liked, I'd have loved to play the game as it is now. Because I, was, I wasn't a very big, strong man. And playing corner forward or wing forward... Often so you're playing simple forward. It was very physical. Yeah. Mm. No. And you, you... Managers then, I think, you played your position. And be, if you played corner forward... And if, if you weren't in your position and the ball went wide, it would be it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and again. and you'd be better off roaming around and picking up balls. Would, would, you, would, you, would you like to be playing no pet in the way the current game is? I would, and one of my regrets was and um, that I finished my last match, senior match for Field, was 1977, and um, that really was because I qualified in Galway in, in '74 and I was walking away in hospitals and. Doing a lot of on, on college weekends in those days, the rotors are very, very severe. Lost, give up training really. Possibly socialised a bit too much, and uh, <laughs> and uh, but I do believe if you're if you're if you're if you're light and fit, there is no reason why you can't play club hurling, provided you don't miss a year or two. You can't afford to do that, but there's no reason why you can't play club hurling until you're maybe 38, 39, 40. And Jerry O'Grady from Trishine has proven that last Sunday. Mm -hmm. So, one last question to you, Pat. Who was the biggest influence? And uh, look at uh, obviously your late father had a major influence in your in, in your hurling career. Who else would you say would had a major influence in your career growing up? Um, that's a good question. I mean, my dad had because he was listening to hurling all, all the time. I know when Tommy Gillafoyle came back from New York to live in Fetal, he was a big. He did an awful lot of work for Fetal for Fetal hurling. I think in the training field, and again, it was away a lot, both in Flannans and, and in, in Galway. But I do know when Gerald Nan used to come to the field on a Sunday, he was, a, he was an inspirational man to have around you. And even when he came to organising, when we got bored from hurling, he'd organise soccer matches, but he was, he was a leader. He, he would have been, and Seamus Jurek was in the, on the same mould, I would say. Um, hard to know. Um, in Flannans, uh, uh, a man called Father Seamus Gardner, who was now a retired priest in Port Row. Um, am I leaving out anybody? I mean, as a player, Dermot Sheedy, but Dermot Sheedy was a big influence. Yeah. 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 Well, I would say... Same question to you. I would say Denjo Moroni and young John Nocton, if you ever heard of him. Indeed. Mm -hmm. They yeah, were yeah. trading that 64 team. Dermot Sheedy then would have been a big influence on my Holland. Mm -hmm. uh, the, that team, actually, that 64 team, they all had an influence because they were... You'd feel, as Pat said, safe going out yeah. with them. Mm. No. Mm. Pat, 
Look, at, it's 50 years since these, you know, and, and looking at them, it's hard to think that it is 50 years ago since they won an intermediate championship. But they give great entertainment, not yeah. only to, to, to vehicle people, but to all East Clare and all Clare in general. They were a brilliant, a brilliant team and went on to be very, very unlucky not to pull the senior championship at that time. Absolutely. I mean, vehicle, to their credit, I, I think it's one of the clubs in, in Clare, not just East Clare, that gets the most of the players they have. And by that I mean... There's a fierce dedication, there's a fierce love for the game in Fiegel, there's savage dedication there. Any player that starts playing with them stays with them nearly nearly always. Okay, there might be always exceptions, but you know, other clubs seem to lose players for various reasons. And I, I always feel Scar or Fiegel bring great support and the players kind of are very united to me looking on as, as a close neighbour. And um, look at those lads. I, I said I was at that 73 final. I can remember little bits of it. I can remember Sean Noonan with long hair and I can remember. And the headband. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the headband. And, uh, but uh, you're right. Tuller was the maker at that time. And Fiegel contributed so much. And as you said, when they went up senior, they were well capable of playing senior because there's always a there's always kind of a senior attitude in Fiegel most of the time anyway. They want to be senior. Harry said it, they want to play A. And I think that's reflected in the way these lads played. So. You know, I hope they'll have a great night when they get together because they deserve it. And I hope they'll really enjoy the evening. Harry, the stories have only started here. You know, we've only got a snap, small synopsis of what the story... You know, there's a great night ahead to the PC that rugby, that rugby match should be changed to earlier to, to, sure, to facilitate sure, yes, yes. what's going on. I, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. And, many <laughs> thanks, and thanks to you for organising the vice for tonight, well, Harry, as well. Yeah. I'll say, nights like that don't happen by accident. The likes of... Does the likes of Harry create nights like that? And would they, mm. without the likes of Harry, they will not happen. So thanks to you, well, Harry, for that. Somebody mentioned to me the other day, actually, that of that team, 50 years is a long time. But the, all of that team are still alive and well, except for two. Um, Mick Burke has died. Johnny, John Gillefile. Uh, no, uh, he wasn't uh, on that team. team actually. Be, 22, Burke? he was a sub, and he passed yeah, away. Totally. Mick Burke has died. Conmigas, well, of course. Just on that now, before we finish up, this end last year, I was kind of half given up because there was no one organising our night. But it is my pleasure to organise this this night for these lads because I'm not like you know part of it. Because you, as I said last year, you, you feel wrong when you do it for yourself, but it's my pleasure to do it for these guys. And just to let them know that we haven't forgotten them, and I remember them. You know, they they gave me the grow yeah. of what we have, and yeah. they made like. And look, guys, we wish you great success on, on Saturday night. We hope it's a, a brilliant night and well well deserved. And congratulations again, even though it's, it's 50 years since <laughs> since you won it. And you know, it's a great day. You get great great um, days to all these their supporters. Thanks to you, Pat Harry. Thanks a million for organising the lads for tonight. Thanks. Pat Maloney, thanks to you and Brendan Maloney. Thanks for coming in. Pleasure to meet you again thanks after all those, uh, those years. And that concludes our sports and show, the first part of it here on Scarlet Bay News Radio on 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM in association with our Credit Union. Thanks to Jim in the control tower. And once again, thanks to all the lads. Until we meet again for part two, it's Bannock Day of Islam.